Let's run further down the track and continue this journey. In this episode, Jonathan Bay interviews the candidates for Mission and Ministry Board Area Number 1, Joel Gibble and Regina Holmes. Welcome, Joel Gibble. We're glad for this opportunity to get to know you better as you are on the ballot for the ministry and Mission and Ministry Board Area 1 position at mm-hmm. this year's annual conference. Happy to be here. What makes this position you're being considered for important in the life of the broader church? Yeah, thank you. And I just want to say up front, Jonathan, like this is a this feels interesting because it's not so much a race. This is not an election right. I feel like I need to win or even I'm really trying to win. Simply open to serving. And Sister Regina Holmes is on the ballot beside me. She would be wonderful for this position. And it is simply a matter of calling from the body and just honored to be part of it. Um, I think the Mission and Ministry Board positions on it are important for the church. I think it is an opportunity for the church to keep its voice Uh, The Mission and Ministry Board is a body which speaks on various occasions on behalf of the church, you know, and and local churches can speak and within their own communities that Mission and Ministry Board is a place where the church's voice can be heard on a greater level to a greater audience. Um, I believe it's important for the church to have a voice for peace, a voice that represents our what you might call a non-coercive perspective on following Christ, and it's there's important um, hunger for that in the world. And, of course, there is the oversight and guidance of the work of the Church of the Brethren together, you know, just, just broadening the reach and the influence and the witness of the Church across the nation and worldwide. And the Mission Ministry Board oversees various mission points, initiatives, and is supporting local congregations on their levels in their disciple making and serving as they are so led. And so it's kind of this, this web of influence that both connects and empowers local communities as well as oversees broad service, you know, opportunities that are, that are worldwide and that it, we need to kind of hold them together with, with the leadership and oversight that Mission and Ministry Board provides. So both in the COB to hold the various pieces together in communication, but for the big C church, for the church worldwide, it is a voice and I think an important one. Well, thank you. Uh, It it sounds like you have put a lot of um, time and energy to discern the calling for this position. Um, Do you feel like you're better suited for this position in 2022 than you would have been, say, five or 10 years ago? Good question. And and the answer is yes. I mean, certainly, I'm not going to bore you all with my whole life story, but but certainly I have come a long way in the last 10 years. I'm discerning a call to ministry is very significant within that time period. It was in the year 2010 that I really sensed a strong call to ministry and entered studies at Bethany Seminary. I was licensed in 2012, completed my training in 2017, and became a pastor that year. And so this is a, being a pastor is a second career for me. 
And so much, I can barely begin to describe how much formation has come about in the last 10 to 15 years of my life. If you want to go back 20 years, I was this young adult, like fresh out of college, um, passionate about the faith, but, but naive and ignorant looking back in what I really understood about the church. Um, I also have uh, gone through many, uh, a new phase in life in terms of being a father and, a, you know, a, both a church pastor, which is in a way a shepherding, almost parenting position to a degree, but I'm also a father of two young children and my goodness, between pastoral leadership, service on district board, having been an annual conference delegate several times, and my theological training within fairly recent years, there's there's been a tremendous amount of growth um, within my life and my faith. And so there's there is certainly that. Yeah, that, I mean, that sounds like you've had quite a lot of time to to grow and figure out who you are within your faith mm. as well. Um, and yeah. I, I think you kind of touched on this question a little bit already, but is there a person or organization currently or in your past that has inspired you or helped you to develop your gifts so that you have the passion mm. and skills to be prepared for this specific position? Right, right. And this kind of fits well with that. I mean, certainly my experiences in seminary formation and theology and ethics and kind of bringing a clarity to my beliefs and what I'm able to speak and teach has been a tremendous opportunity for growth. That is, many people are involved in that, um, but certainly Bethany Seminary and all who are connected, both classmates and instructors have really been formative for me. I also want to name, I, I served on the board of directors with On Earth Peace back about 15 years ago. This was 2008 and five years following. And my experiences there were tremendous. Um, connections with fellow board members and the staff of On Earth Peace was remarkable experience in both experience being on a board in a denominational agency setting, uh, but also the, uh, the amount of skill building that accompanied that was tremendous. And so really brought some awareness of both the dynamics of, of the church and those who serve her, and also how boards can best function together. I will also note that Brother Jim Beckwith, who we know as annual conference secretary for the last 10 years, he was a mentor to me when I was a licensed minister walking toward ordination. And so in our time together, we often, I would share about my, you know, what's going on in my life and he would share about what's going on in his. And it was persistently annual conference, this annual conference, that I feel like I had a window into, into the world of, of the church of the brethren's business, which was interesting. And I just feel like hearing all that from him, even though a bit overwhelming, helped to inform me and keep me, give me an understanding of, of how things operate at the denominational level, both the, the strengths and the challenges of, of leadership. And so I can name that as, as something of a, that has prepared me for a position like this. Well, that's interesting um, to kind of have a glimpse into what this position is going to look like for you, possibly. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to move into this question of 
holding a leadership position in the church is a lot of work, um, as you're well aware of, on top of your other jobs and personal life. Um, how do you envision taking care of yourself while mm. juggling these multiple responsibilities? Yeah, so important. Thank you. Uh, this is something I, I entered this process with a great deal of prayer and, and discernment. Um, presently, I serve on the Southern PA District Board, and that's something I committed to several years ago. Um, it does take time, and, and I'm aware of both the, the necessity of meetings. You know, I'm on the board and I chair a team, and so I'm on the executive committee as well, and it's certainly kind of keeping that schedule of several different forms of meetings and reporting to that board. I've become aware of that process. Um, and I've been able to fit it into my life relatively well. If I'm elected to this mission and ministry board position, I intend to step away from the district board service. You know, my term is going to end this year. And if elected to this denominational level team, I will step away from that. And so in my mind, that is a that is maintaining a level of balance. If I were to do both at once and continue as a full-time pastor, that's a bit much enough to say that's unhealthy. And, but as it is in, in my life, I feel like I manage my, my work and my home life and, and my activity. I'm very active. I do loads of, uh, of bicycling and, and stay fit and happy <laughs> because I'm able to commit time to that and to just, set boundaries on, on how much I'm willing to work. And, you know, a refusal to be obsessive is maybe a good way to put it. I am willing to be of good service. I am unwilling to be obsessive. I will not, as they say in college, like pull an all-nighter to get a, a bit of church business done. That just won't happen. That's unhealthy and a certain certain patterns and limitations that we need to call on. So short answer is I, I feel able to juggle responsibilities so long as there are only so many of them. And that, that I've already named that, that boundary. Good. I will keep. Yeah. That's, that's good question though. An important one to think about. And you're certainly in a beautiful area to bicycle around. Right. All right. So the slightly uncomfortable question, why do you think you were nominated for this position? Uh, right. It is uncomfortable. Um, I guess the, Kind of generic answer is I hope and I trust that I have a certain high regard with some people that I'm respected for my my work in in ministry and also I've simply been involved in denominational work for a good number of years here. Um, many connections with fellow ministers through my seminary work and and through other just involvement at conferences and so forth in in most of my adult life and so. I suppose part of it is both my level of experience and the perspective I bring, as well as a certain degree of youth and energy, you might say. That's that's the what I feel ha may have led me to be nominated for this. I'm neither neither real young nor real old. Not that there's anything wrong with either of them, but I also feel like this is this is an opportunity. This time in my life feels like a good one to be of service in this type of role. So who knows why exactly why I was nominated or by whom. Um, maybe there was more than one, who knows. Um, but I hope and I trust that, that I'm held in high regard and, and my ministry has been appreciated. 
Well, it sounds like it. Um, mm. And now, now for what I think is a, a fun question. Um, what is your vision for the Church of the Brethren? How do you long for us to become more aligned with the teachings of Jesus? My hmm. God, how much? How long do we have? I feel like this <laughs> this could be a discussion that would take an hour. I just uh, want to say I love true. this question because I feel like the answer to this is within the question. How do we become more aligned with the teachings of Jesus? Is, is the way I would answer a question that said, what do you think the vision of the church ought to be? It ought to be better aligning our ministry and who we are and how we speak with the teachings of Jesus. And I appreciate that, the question so much, because my answer is within it. Um, per the Great Commission, you know, go and make disciples, teaching them baptizing them and teaching them to obey what I have commanded you. Those are the final words of Christ in Matthew's gospel. It's not just kind of making believers in certain doctrine. It is teaching them to obey what I have commanded. So the teachings of Jesus are what we need to be speaking and forming in one another. And that, that is where I really have a, an inclination to place a focus emphasis on Jesus. Um, when we read the scriptures, we look at how Jesus read his Bible, right? Not just what the Bible says, but how you read it is what Jesus was teaching us. And so maybe this is, I don't know, this will reveal uh, more of my theology, but that the teachings of Jesus must be central to our faith. Um, I have concerns with, with biblicism being elevated too highly, that as if the Bible is our center, I would say it is not. Jesus is. And his words are the climactic words of the scriptures that we should pay the most attention to. And so I sense a vision for the COB that I would carry as one of boldness in naming what Jesus calls his followers to and to represent as the most important piece um, of, of who we are and the identity we carry. Again, back to your, your first question of all, what is our, you know, the importance of leadership in the COB right now? And I think it's just a voice amidst the larger church, recognizing that we're small and uh, very small, you know, in compared to many denominations. Maybe we should be proud of that, which is kind of an ironic thing to say. Um, there is a skepticism in our society about institutions that are super large and powerful. And we are not really large and powerful. We are small. And perhaps that's a good thing. And at the same time, is our voice not necessary? And the emphasis that we choose, which is on the teachings of Jesus, really needs to be spoken and, and held on to well. If we kind of just slip into this uh, generic form of biblicism will kind of just fit in with all the rest of Western Christianity, not all of which is helpful, beneficial, I think, to the state of the world and what God is truly calling the church to be. And so again, the, the answer is within your question. What is the vision for us aligning with the teachings of Jesus as closely as we can and not getting away from that? Well, thank you, Joel. How does that, um, how does that feel? 
Jonathan. That, that feels like I really got to know you on a, well, a very you. different level. Um, and so I, I just want to say thank you so much for agreeing uh, to be interviewed. And is there is there anything else you would like to leave us with? Ooh. You don't have to. We, we can. Not in particular, but again, I just I'm I'm grateful for this this opportunity to share, and I'm grateful that you're doing this with so many other persons on the ballot. Again, this is this is this whole matter of annual conference elections is it fascinates me because it's not like the politics of the world. This is not a matter of I want to win and that person's going to lose. Like no, the body by. The discernment of the whole and, and presence of the Holy Spirit, I trust, will elect and affirm one or the other of those on the ballot. And the one who is not called must understand that he or she is just as much a, a wonderful child of God and useful to the church's service, just not in this time in this place. And so I wish the best for everyone on the ballot. If Sister Regina takes this position, I will be perfectly happy with that. And if I am called, I'll be perfectly happy to serve. And so it was with that spirit that I express some gratitude for you, for all who are who are serving as delegates at this conference, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Welcome, Regina Holmes. We're glad for this opportunity to get to know you better as you are on the ballot for the Mission and Ministry Board Area 1 position at this year's annual conference. And I'd like to start off with what makes the position you're being considered for important in the life of the broader church, either the COB or the Big C Church? Well, thank you, Jonathan, for uh, having me today and, and having given me the opportunity to answer some questions about this position that I'm nominated for. Um, and this is a really important position in the church, in the life of the church. Um, one that I've watched my whole life when it was the uh, general board and uh, now mission and ministry. And uh, so it's a little daunting to be nominated for such a position. Um, so I'm really interested to see how I can help out on this board, um, uh, in the mission and ministry and see how I can help the, um, churches connect with the larger church. I know that's, uh, a big part of, of our church congregation, even having our home congregation connect to the district, um, and the, um, business part of the larger church is very important and making sure that the smaller congregations, well, the congregations in general feel like they can be heard um, by the larger church and feel like they have a part in the decision-making. So I think that's part of what um, I want to make sure that the individual churches, I want to say back home, feel like they are heard at annual conference. Wonderful. Yeah, I think that making voices be heard and I um, is quite an important part of this position. I also heard you uh, say that you're a little bit daunted by this um, nomination. So what do you think makes you better suited for this position in 2022 than maybe five, 10, 15 years ago? Um, 
hopefully in the last five, 10, 15 years, I've uh, become more mature and had more experience dealing with situations um, in my own home church. Obviously, with uh, COVID, um, that has brought a number of situations that um, none of us had dealt with before, for the most part, um, and uh, given a lot of, I'll say, opportunities for us to deal with things and situations with individuals. A lot of times in our church that maybe we had, had differing opinions on and needed to find a way to bridge those relationships and maintain those relationships on things we didn't necessarily agree with. And uh, I'm also the facilities person at church, and it's kind of interesting how many problems, uh, difficulties that can cause in relationships as well. Um, so both of those things um, in the last couple of years, and um, I think I've been off of the district leadership team just a year now, and I was on that for six years. So that was a really important part of my, uh, I want to say, education in how the process works from the home congregation to the district and then on to the larger church. Um, of course, I went to annual conference uh, a number of times when I was a child, and then I was a photographer at annual conference for 20 years. So I saw it from that point of view. Um, but being, I want to say, behind the scenes is a completely different uh, view that um, I'd be interested in being a part of. Wow. Uh, facilities during the time of COVID sounds, sounds like it will give you a lot to build off of. Um, yes. it's, is there a person or organization currently or in your past that has inspired you or helped you to develop your gifts um, so that you have the passion and skills to be prepared for this current position? Uh, well, first, I want to say my parents. Um, that might be the easy answer. Um, both my parents have been a big uh, part of my uh, Christian growth and um, their dedication to the church. Sometimes, I don't know about too dedicated, if that's if there is such a thing, but um, they were often on uh, committees and uh, custodians for the church and um stewardship back when there were committees and those kinds of things and uh very involved in the church and i find that uh that i am also um sometimes for better or worse one of the other questions asks how are you gonna um balance your time so that's always a, a part of um of what uh, is healthy and and trying to figure out that balance but um so my parents uh, obviously were a big part and um then uh, David Radcliffe was my minister when I was um, in high school, and uh, that was before he had moved on to the denominational offices, and I went on a uh, Honduras work camp with him, and uh, so, and he's a photographer, and uh, my degree is in photography, so he kind of opened the door and helped me see that uh, my passion for photography could be used for good things for um, ministering and um, showing the programs of the Church of the Brethren and using God's creation to share that with other people. Uh, and so that was a, a big door that was opened for me to show how something that I was passionate about, two things I was passionate about, photography and the church could go hand in hand. 
So how would holding a leadership position in the church on top of all your other jobs and personal life, how do you envision taking care of yourself while juggling all these responsibilities? Uh, Well, that is a very good question and one that I've probably gotten better at, I hope, in the last 5, 10, 20 years also. Um, I used to hit a brick wall a lot (laughs) more uh, and I've gotten better at uh, pacing myself and uh, allowing myself to do nothing or read, relax a lot more than I used to. One thing, the facilities position that I am on the local leadership team uh, will be ending at the end of this year. So um, this uh, could be a really good time to take on this position because uh, one would be ending and another one could be starting. So um, I think this could be a really good time. And what I did when I was on the district leadership team, I actually told the local church that I wasn't going to be on any leadership team for the local church. So doing the same kind of thing, trying to pace myself and not get burned out. Um, And uh, that's one thing I've fussed at our current and past pastor about was doing their sabbaticals. And that's not what we pay you for. You're not supposed to be, you know, doing facilities things or secretarial things. And because pastors, obviously, they have a really hard job of doing so many things that we already expect them to do. And then they end up picking up all kinds of little things. So I'm aware of it with other people. And I obviously try to be aware of it with myself also and stop when I need to stop and uh, leave work when I'm supposed to leave work and not stay too late, those kinds of things. So take walks, um, read, do uh, I made a puzzle table in the other rooms to give myself that's purposefully to make myself stop and <laughs> and sit quietly and do a puzzle. So I try to I'm trying to get better at those things. Love a good puzzle. Um, <laughs> now for the sort of tough question, or at least I think it's a tough question. Um, why do you think you were nominated for this position? The person that nominated me was actually one of my camp counselors when I was younger. Um, so that was interesting. I, I, I think that she has seen me grow up and be uh, active in the Church of the Brethren since I was a youth. I was on the camp board. She's watched me grow into an active participant at the local church and the district level. And um, I think she knows of my love for the church, seeing me at at the annual conference as well, and knows how passionate I am about the church, about the programs of the church, and uh, knows I'm a hard worker and that um, I'm open-minded and fair. And hopefully those are things that uh, she thinks would be good um, for this position and good at this time for the life of the church. What is your vision for the Church of the Brethren? How how do you long for us to become more aligned with the teachings of Jesus? There's so many, I don't know about good answers. There's so many uh, things that I want for the church. Um, along with the new compelling vision, I think that all of us are fearfully and wonderfully made and um, that our gifts for the church make us more vital and compassionate. And I want us to be open to the gifts that everybody brings um, and 
be welcoming to the Zacchaeuses and the ladies that touched his cloak and people of all different personalities. And I just um, feel like it's not, it's not for we Christians to turn anybody away from, from Christ. Um, there are so many people who have so many different talents, so many different gifts that I don't have. I don't think there's very many people I can't learn something from. And so I feel like it's not my job to decide who gets to walk in the door and who doesn't get to walk in the door. I think we're all at different places in our journey. There was a story about a, when I was a teenager, there was a youth that um, he wasn't coming to the youth group anymore and he wasn't active and he was, you know, just n not doing what he used to do. And I was just like, I'm giving up on him. That's just, I'm not, I've given up on him. And then I was like, no, I can't give up on him. Jesus doesn't give up on us. God doesn't give up on us. I don't have the right to give up on somebody because God doesn't give up on us. And, and he's very active in the church now and he's a deacon and all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, that's kind of followed me that I don't, I don't have a right to give up on anybody. Who am I to, who am I to put myself in that position? Um, and so that's keeping ourselves humble and realizing we're not Christ. We don't have a right to say no to anybody is kind of who I would like the church of the brethren to be and be the voice of calm. Um, I always like when they would say with the world council of churches, when they would say, or when I heard that they would say, so what do the brethren say? And I would always think, wow, that's awesome. You know, I, I would like for us to keep that position. I would like for us to be the, be the voice of calm. Sometimes I feel like if they saw us at annual conference, they wouldn't ask us that question anymore. So I would like to uh, embody that uh, question among ourselves and the world. Agree. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and share more about yourself um, and, and be vulnerable for us. This process is so strange, the, the nomination and the ballot system, but uh, bringing some more humanity to it, I think is, is really important. Yeah, I appreciate this opportunity. This is a unique opportunity to see, hear something a little bit more than the black and white that's on the page that's hard to feel who anybody is so exactly 